Welcome back to another episode of The Authors Unite Show. Here's your host, Tyler Wagner. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode for The Authors Unite Show. Today, I got John Boris with us. So welcome to the show, man. Well, hello, and uh, thank you for having me. Of course, grateful to have you on. So can you kick us off? Just tell us a little bit more about you and what you do. Well, what I do now is I assess uh, people. I use um, uh, a method that I designed. Uh, oh, I began this uh, in about 1980, and I've designed a method to access uh, the primary motivator of people. And uh, this came about because when I was in my 20s, um, I needed a part-time job and I'm going to college, and I worked in gas stations and warehouses. And, uh, but my parents were in sales and they suggested I do that. Uh, very briefly, uh, I tried cold call selling seven times, failed all seven times. And uh, in fact, I was fired four times and decided to quit three so I wouldn't go through the humiliation. Um, and then uh, bought a delicatessen, uh, uh, graduated from college, bought a delicatessen, sold it. And uh, I was going to go to work for a, one of my uh, suppliers and uh, that'd be fine. It was wholesale. And, um, but then just when he, when I was selling my business, he decided to uh, uh, file bankruptcy. This was in the late seventies, but he said, don't worry about it. We're going to go back to door to door cold call sales. And I had a wife and child. My wife uh, didn't work and I'm looking at seven attempts and seven failures. So what I did is I, um, my uh, degree was in philosophy at Berkeley, but I focused on language. And what I noticed in all the sales courses I took, they really don't spend a lot of time on language and communication. And um, uh, so I thought maybe that was my problem. There's a lot of courses that are very good. I want to make that very clear. A lot of people uh, benefit greatly, uh, self-help classes, sales classes, et cetera. But for me, it just didn't work. So uh, with my studies uh, that I learned uh, at Berkeley and the European approach, I found all the answers I was looking for. And I actually cold called uh, for 20 years, uh, which is kind of unusual, but it was based on that model. Otherwise I couldn't even do it. The model is uh, for uh, life themes, love, justice, wisdom, and power. And uh, it served me well over that time uh, because I could look at people and look at the things around them, the objects, and uh, ascertain uh, which theme they were. And once I did that, then what I did is I languaged what I was selling uh, in that direction. So if I was uh, talking to someone in justice, justice theme, then there's a way for me to language what I'm doing toward that theme. And that greatly increased my chances of selling. In fact, uh, my average was 12 to 14 out of 20, a cold call selling, which is very, very high. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, that's, that's how that works. But, but so now the book that I've got out uh, is all about the four life themes. So people don't have to uh, uh, go back to uh, the drudgeries of what I learned years ago. I got it uh, nicely compiled in the book. Perfect. So I know we're going to start this off kind of with that so that people can get a live um, kind of live feedback or, or live introduction to it. So 
I'll, I'll let you lead this part and then, uh, and then I'll take over from there. <laughs> okay, that's great. So I'm just gonna ask you, it's very simple. Uh, who you are uh, is expressed through all the objects, events, and people that you surround yourself with. So think of yourself as uh, being on stage and those are your props through which you express your, your individual drama. So everything around you where you're sitting right now is past decisions uh, which really express who you are. So by reading the uh, objects and your speech, uh, objects and, and events, I can ascertain uh, that the pivotal point of your uh, primary motivator, or what I call life theme. So what I'll do is ask you uh, one question is, tell me uh, or describe to me uh, the last time uh, you were happy. What, ma what made you happy? Um, oh, okay. It was, so here's the thing. That was actually hard to think about because I, I'm pretty happy. It's hard. I'm pretty happy all the time. Today, I have five podcast interviews. And the last interview I did was like real jazzed up and I got real like pumped up about it. So that was probably the last time, like an hour ago. Okay. So tell me why. Why did that make you happy? Uh, it made me happy because so the podcast, this podcast that we're currently doing, this is pretty cool. Um, I've done about 1500 interviews on it. And what I've come to realize with this podcast is I love it because you get to learn so much from each person, like each person, like right now, this is a different style that we're doing the podcast. I wasn't aware we were going to do it this way until like 15 minutes ago. So I just find it very interesting to learn about people and then see where the relationship goes. And it just seems to me like an endless possibility of things that can happen from every interview I do. Um, so, so yeah, and I guess the last part on that is with podcasting, I realized probably like about the hundredth or 200th show in that I could see myself at 80 years old, still enjoying doing the podcast. And that's when it hit me like, okay, this is definitely something I want to keep in my life. Ah, uh -huh, very good. Okay, now I'm going to ask you, uh, describe the last time you were angry or upset. Um, what happened? This yeah. What happened. Yeah. Yeah. So I won't, I won't name names for this no. one. Um, one of the things that gets on my nerves a lot is that when people say they're going to do something and they don't do it. And for some reason I find the more people that I connect with, like, it, you know, I do a lot of interviews. I probably, I connect with like 20, 30 new people through LinkedIn each week and I have phone conversations with them. And it's just so interesting to me that it's a majority of people do not follow through. They don't do what they say. And to me, it's just so confusing as to, it could be a very small thing. Like I'm going to make a, I don't know, just any, the smallest thing you can think of. And well, no, give me, I want an example. Give me this. This is what happened and tell me what it was. Oh, okay. Um, well, let's just go to LinkedIn. So when I reach out on LinkedIn, uh, my team does, and then I follow up uh, through the messenger and I reach out to publishers to connect with them um, because at my company, Authors Unite, we're very good at marketing books. We do publishing as well, but there's a lot of publishers. So we're very good at marketing books. Um, and so what I do is I connect with publishers and see if there's a way that we can refer clients to each other. Now, when I do that, 
there's a lot of people that respond and say, yes, like I'm interested in um, connecting and then I'll send them uh, a connection link to like schedule a call with me. And probably only half of the people that said they would do it actually schedule a call. And it's like it's something as little as that is just like clicking a link and scheduling a call. Like I don't understand why people even respond if they're not going to just book. The but call. why does that make you upset? Because it's just, I think because it doesn't make any sense to me. Like I don't, I don't, I never tell people I'm going to do something if I'm not going to do it. Because why not? Because I think it's, I don't want to use the word. I just, I think it's stupid. <laughs> I don't understand. Okay, so and what it is, a part of that is you're, um, uh, they're, they're damaging a potential relationship with you. Yeah, yeah, that and it's and I just don't like time. We have very limited time in this world. So I don't know why you would ever, no matter what it is, I don't know why you would ever say you're going to do something and waste your words if you're not going to do it. It just makes zero sense to me. Got it. So what I want you to see is what made you upset. And what makes you happy are linked together. Mm, okay, they're both they're both based on um, people. And in, in case of uh, what you like uh, uh, is learning and people and the relationship you develop. And that is part of what makes you happy and that and doing these podcasts make you happy. But on the other hand, what does not make you happy is when people don't follow up and create that relationship with you or they don't respect the relationship. Mm, okay. Yeah, I think you're right. So what I'm getting at is, what is what is these are the far ends of it this is like polarity between what happiness is for you and uh what anger is for you or upset and they're both tethered to who you are and in the middle of that is you have two things working you have what you want to know and people people is about sentimentality and learning is about fact so there's a duality there and in relationship and those are my justice people so justice people are the ones who, who see both at the same time and they live their life uh, in relationship with people and that's what they focus on. Got it, okay. Now that's opposed to uh, being someone who's always after knowing you do, but it's not continuous because you like to have that uh, interaction with people uh, and it's, uh, you're not power. You don't want to overpower people. You don't want to control people. And in this case, and then when it comes to caring, you care for them and you want to help them. But at the same time, it's uh, uh, coordinated with uh, learning and knowledge and facts. Yeah. And not everybody, not everybody's that way. That's what's important. Okay. So, okay, this is interesting. Okay. So I, I agree with what you're saying. So when you say not everybody is that way, is that, What's kind, of, what's kind of the opposite of that? Okay, so what I've just, uh, found is uh, through uh, research is the, the four themes of love, justice, wisdom, and power. And uh, there were many, many sources, but one was uh, an archeologist who explored the shamans of the world and found that they uh, saw people in uh, four capacities, which was a variation of love, wisdom, justice, and power. And this goes back to um, uh, even the Egyptians. Um, and so this is what I call uh, somewhat of the default system. It's their blueprint. 
This is the human blueprint. And you can find this everywhere in the world. People are motivated through love, what they know, uh, harmony and power. And what that does, the power is about change and justice is about balancing uh, uh, the polarities. Wisdom is just knowledge and love is caring. Um, and these together uh, really uh, move the world. And what happens is we have one of them that dominates. We are all four, you have all four, but one dominates. So when you look at love, you look at through the eyes of justice. When you look at wisdom, you look through the eyes of justice. When you look at power, you look through the eyes of justice. Mm, interesting. Okay. What, which one are you? Uh, wisdom. Your wisdom. Okay. Yeah. So when you, so wait, I want to dive deeper into this. This is interesting. So it's like, if I, if I'm looking through all four of them through the eyes of justice, and that's like balancing the polarities, I think is how you worded it. Yeah. Um, then how is that? So that would mean like, when I hear the word justice, so with the relationships, that's why I get uh, potentially angry at that because there's like the justice isn't there. It's like, hey, listen, you can tell me, no, you don't want to book a call. That's completely fine. But if yeah. you say yes, and then you don't do it, you kind of like broke my view of justice. Right. What that, very good. And of course, I, uh, I go through uh, lengthy assessments of about two hours. Uh, so there's a lot to this, but you touch on another very good point. Uh, and that is uh, just as people are about values, they're about fairness. Uh, and, and you touched on exactly uh, what uh, a greater aspect of who you are that motivates your daily life. So that helps you become happy. That's your, like formula, part of your formula. Yeah, yeah. This is bringing up a lot of my past. This is wild. So, okay. Now, is there a way to change it? Or is it just who you are and just like, like know who you are and now that I know, work, work in that way? Okay. What I actually, that's, that is your gift in a sense. That's your uh, virtue is justice. And what that is, is you're always looking for a harmony and, and um, a fairness. And you're very important because the wisdom people like myself, I'm not looking for that. The love people are always one-sided. The power people are looking for change. So we need you in the middle. The justice people are the most complex because they're having to deal with both uh, uh, sentiments and also facts. So now since you have, you, you know that, the difference is before justice had control of you. Now you can have control of it, which is what you're leading to. And you can make changes within the paradigm of justice, but it will never leave justice. You cannot replace it with uh, another archetype like power or wisdom. Then you become someone else altogether. But we don't want that. We want you to be uniquely you, but understand what that means for you. Got it. So then to go a little deeper, this is so cool. So then if you go a little deeper, then it's like, should I, should I maybe not be angered at others because that's not their archetype and kind of be like, yeah, they're, I don't know, they're, they're wisdom. So I guess apparently they looked at, and this is just an example, they looked at my link and they're like, I can't learn nothing from this guy. <laughs> like, I'm not going to even respond. <laughs> and then okay. I like maybe they're a wisdom archetype, like let it go. Well, that, that's another good point. You find that most arguments are between archetypes. 
and the people are the ones that are manifesting it. So uh, you're right. So uh, I'm listening to your justice archetype and what you're saying conforms to that archetype. So when you are with a power person and what they're going to do is not value fairness, not value emotions and feelings, then you're going to get upset. But don't, because now you know the power person is being controlled by the power archetype. It's not, a, it's not about them, it's about the archetype. This works out very, very well with couples. I assess couples. Couples are having arguments and problems. And so what I do is I set them down and we go through these uh, assessments and they see what's really going on. And I'll give you an example. Uh, the husband would come home and see his wife on the couch and she's watching TV and she's having a little snack. And he says, well, where's my dinner? And she says, well, I had a hard day. I mean, it's, I'll get it in about a half an hour. Yeah. So, so, so he says, all right, okay. So he, go, he goes out uh, through the door, slams it. He's in the garage. He's going to work on his car. Now they're having problems. They come to me and we go through the process of understanding what really motivates the two. Then after the sessions, then when he comes home, he says, hey, sweetie, you need some more popcorn. And then she says, how long will you be in the garage? Mm, got Very it. different. Very different. And it's all because now they're responding to their archetypes and not taking it personal. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, okay. So basically, now, okay, so you said with sales, right? Like this would, this would help you with sales. Now for a power archetype, how would you, would you conform to it? I feel like you, you wouldn't want to like mirror or like be another power archetype is that you guys would probably clash. I, I think if I'm understanding. So with sales, what you're saying is you would understand which one they were by potentially asking these exact questions or asking different questions to come to the sure. Then from there, you would pick a path. So I guess let's just use one as an example. If you were to discover the person that you're on the phone with, you recognize they're a good candidate for your product or service, and you recognize they're a power archetype, then how do you navigate that? What do you, as a wisdom archetype, what do you do differently? Okay, for, with power people, they're looking for change. That's, that's the, uh, the root of power is to change. They're also looking for people who are assertive, uh, know what they want, uh, and uh, they have a great deal of integrity, and they are willing to be very responsible, for, probably more responsible than, than necessary. That's, that's important. And so what I would do is uh, uh, focus on the facts of what I'm selling, just the facts, how this benefits the person, and how it will empower them that's very, that's what it's all about. I want them to see their own power in what I'm selling. Got it. Okay. Well, listen, I, I want to go through all four with this because I know a lot of our listeners are small business owners. So yeah. I think that would help a lot. So let, let's go to justice next. So how, I, I think I know this kind of, but you, you would probably sell me on the fairness of the deal, I'm assuming. <laughs> well, no, no, good point. Fair, uh, the justice people, uh, they, they balance sentimentality with uh, facts, uh, emotion with facts. So there's a balance there. So what I would do is strike up that balance so they can see that what I offer is justified, 
fair, reasonable, and I would use that type of language. And uh, that works, worked out very well for 20 years. Wow, this is enlightening. Okay, <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> see, okay, now this is, the, this is the, another time I'm happy today, all right? <laughs> so there you go. Um, now, there's two other archetypes. Can you? Uh, sure, I'll do that, yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. a wisdom, wisdom person, all they want to do is know. I want to know. I want to know all the facts. I don't care about anything else. And I'm not looking for empowerment. And I don't, I'm not looking at what's fair or honest. I want facts. And so that's what I would deliver. Now, for the love people, all they want is emotion. They want to hear how it makes them feel, how, make, how my, my customers feel. So, for example, I would say to, I would, uh, say to someone who has a beauty salon, for example, um, do you know Janet around the corner? You know, she has another shop. Oh, I know Janet. We get along really well. W would she buy something? Oh, of course. Yeah, she did. Uh, what was it? And so that's that approach. Now, the justice people, go back to that, I would, go, I would approach them uh, through not only uh, possibly people uh, that they may know, but also um, how they felt about the sale and how they compared to other uh, uh, options that are available, for example, in a grocery store. That's what I would do with them as well, is create, a, create the, see, have them see the balance is what I'm offering. So I would say, if you were to buy this in another store, this is what you would pay. Oh, gee, that's not right. That's not fair. That's what I want them to think. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, so really, I had, I had four scripts. Yeah. Four, four scripts, and I, would, and I would shift per person that I would see. Now, now, the thing is, is that when I'm describing what I'm selling, they really do offer all four types of, uh, they meet their requirements. They really do. So it's not like I was exaggerating anything or it wasn't that I was uh, misrepresenting anything. What it is, it's just how you describe. Got it. Yeah, no, this that makes sense. So is this what your, what's your book about? Is this what your book's about? Yes, it's uh, the book's about you discovering the power that really drives your personality. And this uh, concept uh, I derive from European studies. And oh. yeah. Got it. Interesting. Okay. And is the, the book is out now? Yes. Okay, perfect. Um, okay. So I feel like I'm, so, okay. There's a lot of questions that are in my head right now. So um, <laughs> let, let me ask this. And this just, uh, because I, I do have your one sheet up and I, what I, I might come back to the sales thing because I really think it's helpful for the audience. But um, one thing that just caught my eye on your uh, one sheet here is what exactly is philosophy? So c touch on that because that's uh, I've been reading a lot of like Nietzsche, Carl Jung, um, and uh, blanking on the other names at the moment. But I've been reading. Sure, a lot that's of, a, yeah. mm -hmm. I've been re reading a lot of philosophy lately, and it's really interesting stuff. Uh, okay. Um, most people don't know what philosophy really is. And that's why my associates want me to, uh, on my flyer, say that I'm a philosopher. And I don't really like that. Not, not because it's not true, but because both, most people don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. um, uh, if you'll notice, you have uh, the philosophy of art, philosophy of science, the philosophy of cooking, uh, philosophy of engineering, the philosophy of architecture. You see, philosophy doesn't have a specific subject like 
biology is the study of living organisms. So how is that possible? And the reason is philosophy is only a tool. That's all it is. And it, that is the subject of philosophy, is how to reason abstract ideas. And so philosophy is uh, a tool we have to understand abstract, invisible ideas. Now, it has a counterpart, which is mathematics. Mathematics is nothing but a tool. It's used to understand visible, physical objects. So philosophy examines the ideas and math examines the physical. That's all that is. So now if I ask you, uh, Tyler, do you think the uh, capital punishment is fair? And you said, well, no, I don't. I think that's cruel and unusual punishment. You just gave me your opinion. But if I said, Tyler, tell me about that. Why do you believe that? And what you would do is uh, uh, weave together your beliefs, uh, your experiences, uh, and you would have a nice cogent argument for your position. When you're doing that, you are in fact philosophizing. Mm, I got it. Interesting, okay. Um, so, okay, so what do people really need? How would you answer that question? Uh, uh, the human mind has only one need, and that is uh, the perpetual need to express their authentic identity and they do it through conforming symbols of meaning, meaning objects. So everything around you right now is a past decision. So why not read your past decisions and find who you are? Because you did it because of who you are. So Tyler made decisions and they, they're right there in front of me. Mm -hmm. So I read them, but I read them plus the, the, uh, uh, your language, what you, what you say, what you emphasize. Uh, and also what you wear, where are you located? What does the building look like that you're in? I mean, I put it all together. So as a matter of fact, I can get a very good idea of what people are before I even meet them. Ah, I got it. Okay. And, um, okay. that makes sense. So then, um, I'm curious too, with the difference between American and European approach to psychology. So dive in a little bit on that sure. i didn't even know there was a difference really most people don't and and it's understandable um the american view is uh they want psychology to be seen as a science so they cling very close to uh behaviorism uh the europeans saw that as a problem because uh who we are isn't just what can be observed but what causes what's observed and so the European approach is, let's find out first of what does it mean to be human? And so that's the approach that I took. I'm getting back to statements I made before. The, the um, uh, mathematics is about understanding what we can see. That's why psychology engages in a lot of studies to mathematically derive algorithms. But at the same time, uh, we, philosophy discusses the abstract ideas but the truth is we live and die for the abstract invisible ideas we may live in the physical world do you see that yep okay so we live and die for the invisible well that's what the europeans deal with so by studying them like uh jung but he's a psychologist uh and heidegger and hegel 
uh, you get into phenomenology, axiology, and, all, and many others, and you find out this is what it means to be human. And that's the approach that I took in order to uh, understand language. And why do people bring objects in their life? The why. So uh, that, that is what uh, helped me get through those 20 years in sales, is by knowing why people bought things. Got it. Okay. So, um, <laughs> okay. So if I'm trying to formulate this question, so how do you like, and it's not like, what do you think, what, what makes people happy? But so I've also been listening to a lot of Jordan Peterson. Have you ever heard of him? Oh yes. Jordan Peterson. So, you know, uh, it's interesting is like, you know, before listening to him and then diving into Nietzsche, um, I kind of thought that life was, you know, about happiness. And I still do kind of think that, but from reading both of them, it seemed to me like I, I just um, got through Thus Spoke uh, Zarathustra. Yeah. And, um, you know, from what I can tell from Nietzsche, and he doesn't recommend this to everybody, but he, you know, says for that, I think it's like 10% of our, or whatever it was, the percentage, like to go and try to become Superman, basically, like become the best version of yourself, ultimately. Um, and any sort of like, you know, hanging out or like, he, he doesn't believe in drinking alcohol and, and like anything that's just like chilling without a purpose is like a waste of time from my understanding. And then Jordan Peterson speaks on, um, you know, like fulfillment and, and meaning. So I guess I'm trying to formulate it. Like, what, what do you think makes somebody ultimately not happy, but like maybe fulfilled or just like good content with who they are? Yeah, I, I use the word contentment. That's what I prefer. Uh, okay. And not, not because people don't become happy, but because it's, it's so, uh, it's, it's a very abused word. Um, but contentment. So, um, for example, the, uh, 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 Schopenhauer came up with four forms of motivation. And one was, uh, we are motivated uh, uh, to be who we are. We have to manifest who we are every day, every hour. We have to uh, affirm validate our sense of being next is we have to know we have to have in a sense life having meaning and um victor frankel uh spoke a great deal about that he was a survival from auschwitz mm -hmm. and uh he uh, spoke about the fact that the people who survived always found meaning somewhere next is uh, when you deal with with knowing facts and uh, the human condition, the two of them together helps you in becoming, in becoming, in getting better, and understanding yourself and other people. And finally, you have to put this into action, and that's the uh, final one of power. And so, when you place things in action, it confirms your sense of being. And now there's a there's a, a, a circle is made, and that is what generates contentment. When people are not content, when there's too many issues in, involved, uh, negative issues, it's because one of these is missing. And this is what I, these are my clients. People come in and say, you know, I uh, life just doesn't seem to have meaning for me, or you know, I just can't associate with people. I don't have, I can't make relationships. Uh, another one is I just don't have a sense of purpose. And so what I do is I go through the process of assessing them and I see, well, what, what makes them happy? And for example, uh, for yourself, 
uh, how happy would you be if you worked in a warehouse? Oh my God, I did that when I was younger. It was awful. It's awful. Well, I know that, but I know that not because I know you, because I really don't. I just know your archetype. And from uh, that archetype alone, uh, there's a great deal I can know about you. And also <laughs> know, yes, and also know what's missing. So if people are unhappy, I can say, okay, you're a justice person. So what, who do you work with? Oh, I don't. I work on an assembly line. What are you doing there? You can't do that. And so they can see it now. And so the, the archetype is always there for them, but they neglected it. They, it was sabotaged. Um, uh, they misinterpreted it. And that's what happens to a lot of people. So, um, uh, yeah, contentment is when all four are working together. And that's also backed up by European psychology. Interesting. Okay. So now with the book, this, so it's called discover the power that drives your personality. Does it also, does it touch on the sales stuff that you spoke about or is it only about kind of like figuring out yourself or I guess by knowing all four, it can help with sales anyway. Okay. Now that's another point. I have another book. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So uh, yeah, it's called learn to sell what they're buying. Okay. Very different. Okay, got it. But do you obviously know? Okay, so let, let's talk about, is that one available too? Yes. Okay, awesome. So you have two books. Yeah. Um, now the, 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 the selling one is more like a journal and okay. they have like one liners and it's more like a journal that you write in. Okay, got it. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to buy that book. <laughs> so, okay. All right. um, so now, okay, learn to sell what they're buying. And um, how, this is just so exciting. By the way, I actually have uh, on my desk right now, Schopenhauer's book. It's a light blue and like the love and will of power or something. Okay. Uh, too far from my desk, but it's on there. Uh, huh? and, but it's pretty thick. I have not, I haven't started that one yet. Um, so I'll get to it then uh, eventually. But um, so now with the, with the sales stuff, it's like, did you have, you said you had actual scripts or was it more like you asked those two questions in the beginning and then based off the answers, then you would kind of just go down a certain path? Oh no, these, these two questions are between, oh, this is a, this is for this venue. Okay. Got it. Okay. What I do normally is I have a list of questions and it starts off with what do you do? And uh, are you finding pleasure in what you're doing your job? Um, uh, what, what is it you don't like about them? And, and, and what I can do is separate um, and, or explain why some people love what they do. But they don't like their job or they like their job. They don't like what they do. That's very, very, very common. So with these questions and, going through this assessment, they find exactly why they have that problem and they learn exactly what they need to do about it. Got it. Okay. <laughs> so, sorry, this is just like this. Um, most people are not like into, I don't know, philosophy and these type of things. So this is enlightening. Oh, I won't take them. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. But I, I won't take them down that rabbit hole. Don't worry. I mean, uh, no. I don't do that. No. Oh, no, I don't mean it that way. I, oh, okay. I, I'm loving this because like, oh, I'm very yeah. into this. Yeah. Um, and like, I, so, you know, again, as everybody's listening to this, um, we didn't know like really besides the one sheet I have on you, like much about each other before this. 
but I am like an avid, I'm also like just an avid learner. So I'm like two to three audiobooks a week. And uh, it was probably only about two years ago when I really started to get into philosophy. So um, just because I, in all honesty, I started to kind of get a little bit bored of the, you know, your average business book, although I learned a ton from them and I am so grateful for them. I just wanted to like challenge myself. And, you know, when you read a, a Nietzsche book, I actually listen to it and I read it. And then after like each page, I will write in a journal, like all at the same time, because mm -hmm. if not, I do not understand what he is saying. Like it is so just beyond, I don't know. It's so, so it's just. I don't know. I'm assuming you you've dove in deep in a lot of these areas. Oh yes, and but the, but the, the, don't be too hard on yourself because it is a process. And now since you understand that philosophy really is a tool, and it's an activity. In fact, that's what Wittgenstein calls philosophy. It's a it's an activity uh, that has to be learned. It's like picking up a, a hammer, uh, a saw, a screwdriver. Uh, if you want to be a, an ar uh, architect or whatever, you have to learn it. And so most of the people who are, want to engage in that type of thought start with uh, Aristotle, uh, Socrates, and Plato. And they read the dialogues. And in the dialogues, you hear how they approach subjects, why definitions are so important, what logic really is and what it's not. And so then finally, when you get to um, uh, Nietzsche, you really understand that, for example, morality is all made up. And uh, that's why he said, well, the, you know, God is dead because if you don't talk about God, then God is dead because it's in language and it's made up. So um, in, that's, that was a very interesting point of view. And there's uh, in the Superman concept. And yeah. so it takes time to get there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, okay, so um, let's go into... Um, Let's go into this one. So now that I know that I'm a justice, how do I, like, what can I do to learn to express that authentic identity? Like, how can I, I get, like, should I, or even should I, should I emphasize it more? And, uh, and just real quick, I, I want to go to the, back to the warehouse. I'm wondering if, so I actually, I worked at a warehouse for like six months. My uncle worked at it and got me a job when I was, I think I was like 16 or 17. And I despised it. And I'm thinking back, reflecting on this current conversation we're having. And I'm thinking I maybe despised it because I felt like it was so unfair. <laughs> I like, I felt like I was, it was literally misery. And it was right. like seven bucks an hour, maybe. And I was like, this is like not even worth it. This isn't fair. So I don't know. Is that kind of why? Well, that's one. There's another uh, uh, issue I'll bring up. But before I go further, See, what we were, you were lacking was the people. Okay, See, yep. That's, that's what it is, is you're in a warehouse alone. I mean, working with other people, but you're not. And so, see, what you're doing right now is you are, in a sense, mainlining your authentic identity, really. Yeah. You're, you're doing what you should be doing. Because it's two things. You're dealing with facts and learning, and you're dealing with people. And, uh, and that's, that's the recipe for justice people uh, to uh, be happy. But I have to ask another question, which is, or I'd say, uh, uh, so let's imagine there's a painter uh, painting a house. And what he enjoys about painting is he loves to hold the brush in his hand. He loves the smell, the aroma of the paint. And he, and he likes to see the paint go over the old uh, material and how it changes and makes it new and glistening. And that's what he really likes. That's one, one painter. 
Another painter just does that, then goes out in the middle of the street, stands back and says, oh my God, that's a beautiful job. So my question is, which painter would you be? Oh, that's, I knew that it was going to that. Okay. So I actually think it's, I, I think I'm a little bit of both. Okay. With podcasting, I am the first painter without a doubt. Like I, this is why I'm doing it just to like what is happening right now is I, I'm happy. I'm more happy about this than it being even posted on like Facebook, you know? Um, and I'll, yeah, I could almost even care less about that. <laughs> I just like this, but now with my business of books and everything, it is very, you know, like I, I help people publish books and, and market them. So the end result of that, of seeing someone really like happy with the, their final product of their book is more pleasurable to me than the whole entire process um, of doing it, I'd say. So. Very good. Yes, that's absolutely correct. And that's, and what you, I'm going to separate in which they don't do. Uh, psychology in this country does not do this. Separating between abstract and physical results. Mm, okay. okay. So yeah. the first painter is after the physical result. The second painter is after the abstract. There's another difference is that you're going through the podcast in order to generate abstract uh, results, which is happiness. Ah, yeah, okay. In order to. Now, but you enjoy generating happiness for the sake of happiness. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. So the difference is the, the uh, podcasting is the conduit through which you express your authentic identity. Mm-hmm with the results of abstract abstractness is the end got it okay, so there still is something though like it but it's abstract yeah you're, you're after happiness happiness is an abstract concept joy yeah. is a ha right okay yeah, no, absolutely whereas with books it's you know it's a, it hits the hand like it's physical right but it is but what's in the book now that's that's still the difference you in other words not everybody reads nietzsche no matter how many podcasts they do true now yeah. why are you reading nietzsche that's see that that was the clue now I, for me to put these things together so here's a guy who, who likes nietzsche and likes all these philosophers and likes learning and so i'm hearing abstract result abstract 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 you see yeah <laughs> that's true mm -hmm. oh, this is awesome okay uh, so you, but you do something physical to to get to that end getting back to the warehouse so there's a couple of things now there were no people and now you're having to generate nothing but physical results yeah well that, that's not who you are yeah it was not fulfilling at all <laughs> in fact yeah i was like i'd rather like not eat than do this honestly <laughs> this oh i believe you yeah i know it had to be torture but see the difference is now you know it yeah now, there's another issue here too now since you know it so let's say, uh, do, you, do you have any children? No, I don't. Okay, so if you did, so if you, or, or, or anyone's listening. Now, if, if, if they know the difference between physical and abstract result, look at their children and see what do they like to do. Not too young, usually after, after at least 12, 13. Okay. And you look, look at them, what they really enjoy doing. Are they really after the physical result or the abstract result? Well, if a, if a parent can see that in a child, they're on their way to help them select a proper career. Yes. Okay. Now, 
this is where we could get a little bit into school because this almost, I have been thinking about this for a while, right? So I, I am a college dropout by choice um, because I, I, I didn't see the point of it. I was like, why do I need a piece of paper to like get a corporate job that I'm not even going to enjoy doing anyway? Um, that, that was my mindset on it. So, uh, and, and actually, you know, funny enough, you're going to love this. I have to tell you, my major was accounting. <laughs> okay. So just realize no people, right? <laughs> who, 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 who talked you into that? Uh, uh, an article that said that, well, my dad's an accountant. Ah, there you go. But he didn't talk me into it. I just, I got it. he's done well as an accountant. Um, and when I was in school, when I first went in, I didn't know what my like passion, if you will, was, I didn't know what I wanted to do. That's actually why, you know, that's why I went to school because I, I felt lost. So then I went there, tried accounting, was miserable with it. I hated it. And then I dropped out, uh, wrote a book, ended up doing well. And then I started helping others with their books. Um, and that was very involved, right? Cause I'm sure, you know, with a book and that's why, you know, I still, I love my book business and the podcast. They're both my main things because a book to somebody is very meaningful to them. Right. Yes. So it's, yeah. it's, it's a big process, especially somebody's first book. Um, the first book for somebody is usually an emotional roller coaster. And for me to get to like, go on that journey with them and then see them smile at the end of it is like very fulfilling right um so um oh i lost where i was go going with that <laughs> i got deep into it um i lost where i was going with it so either way <laughs> i was going somewhere <laughs> no, that's all right that's okay that happens sometimes um so okay now with with this um this book and uh, i'm assuming the sales one was your first book um what what have you learned so far? Because a lot of our listeners, right, it's called the Authors Unite show. So a lot of them are authors or aspiring authors. What have you learned on the writing process? I'm curious. Well, uh, much of this is, first of all, I, my sources, well, I only had a, f a handful of sources, uh, maybe under 10, uh, uh, 10 people, uh, you know, from Aristotle and Wittgenstein and they're all in, in European scholars. I only had about 10. And so uh, that's what started the process. But the rest of it was uh, simply uh, doing things uh, uh, through emotion and feeling. For example, yourself. You do so many things during the day. You don't write them down, but you do. They make so many decisions and you have so many feelings. So when, I, when you're done, I would say, Okay, Tyler, tell me about uh, your day and uh, what did you do and why did you do it? And so you'd be hard pressed because you do so many things automatically. So what I had done after I had my first 10 uh, uh, sources, I went out and I uh, did the selling for 20 years and did a great deal. But if you asked me what I did, I wouldn't know. So I had to sit down and, and take my feelings and emotions and uh, place them into a language, words. And that was very hard to do. And I actually made up words. Um, uh, I didn't always have the idea of, of authentic. I, in fact, my first word was hysteric, which, which was uh, uh, really kind of, kind of bad. People wouldn't remember it. And it's, 
The other one was uh, entheric, which uh, would be just as confusing. So I changed that to authentic and synthetic, which is maybe not that much better, but more people understand the two words. So having to language something that you do intuitively uh, is a very long process, but worth it. But also that's where your answers really are. So what I had to do is, how, what do I feel about my feelings? That's the question. And that's why I do uh, tackle. Got it. Yeah, I, I think writing just in general is such a powerful just way to learn about yourself. And just to like, even it does so much, even to um, like get through potential things in your past. Um, and sure. I, I learned that from Jordan Peterson. One of the things I was listening in an interview, he said, he's like, if you um if you're still like bent up or out of shape about something that happened to you more than 18 months ago like you haven't like a lot you haven't like solved it within yourself and one way to do that is to like write about it to figure out like why you're still holding a grudge or whatever it might be and it actually like builds up in you as a person like you, you if you don't let go of things so and you can kind of recognize that about yourself like if, i don't know if you're listening if, if you mostly are thinking about the past probably a writing exercise of the things you're thinking about will help you get through it so that you can focus more on the present and the future, um, which is, you know, way more beneficial way to live, I'd say. Oh, absolutely. And also by writing it down, you've changed, you've changed the subjective into the objective on some level, because now these, this is just words on a piece of paper and now you can look at it very differently. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so I want to ask you this, like, how does your how does your business work? So, like, if any of our listeners wanted to work with you, how does that? How do you how do you do that? So, you work with relationships, um, with with married couples, and I guess they come in, and it's like kind of like consulting or something. Like, how do you structure your business? Well, there's actually two groups. One group is um, uh, consultants, trainers. Um, they're, they're, they use a, uh, uh, they're not happy with the personality profile test that they're using. They want something a little bit more accurate. And so that's one group. And what I do is I assess their clients. We all, all three of us work together and they find out what really motivates them. The second is people are about to make a, a, a big decision. Uh, they're uh, frustrated with career, especially today careers. Uh, frustrated with careers and um, they need to know what, why, what, what about my job makes me happy? How come I'm happy? How come I'm not? Uh, the other one is relationships, whatever that might be. They have to make a decision about maybe uh, a change in career. Maybe they're um, uh, engaged to be married. I've had that. Um, and so it's people about to make a decision really. Got it. Okay. Yeah. No, this is huge. And honestly, because, you know, when people would ask me like, Hey, how did you discover that you like, that you like liked podcasting or like that you um, know that you like to work with people. And, and my, my response was all, and it would have saved me if I had known about this stuff like 10 years ago. Um, it, like was, I just kept trying things, right? Like I'm a very curious person. Um, so, and maybe we all are, um, probably, but either way, I was just so curious. I would just try all these things. Right. So I tried the warehouse, tried accounting, and then I, and then I figured out like, okay, whoa, I really hate both of these things. So maybe the polar opposite is what I should be doing. <laughs> and then, you know, I landed on, you know, I do public speaking as well. And that's involved with people. 
Um, so all those things, and um, they're all involved with people. So that, that was always my response. But if you could do something like this um, and ask the right questions or talk to somebody like you, you know, maybe you wouldn't have to go through the 10 years of doing things you don't like. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's uh, uh, my greatest reward is assessing 17-year-olds. Uh, because okay. they're very open they're in their junior year of high school and they need to make need to have a major and uh, it's a very important time of their life and because they're they're teenagers i always have a parent with me and so one example was the father uh, wanted his daughter to be either an attorney or in real estate and uh, she kind of went along the program that's what really starts uh, the, the down downfall with a lot of people um, and so he watched me assess her and come to find out she wanted to be a child psychologist. And here's a huge, big man, six, uh, three in his fifties, uh, about 300 pounds. He's, uh, 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 managed many people, uh, intimidating. And he started to cry at the table and he says, you showed me a daughter. I didn't know I had. Hmm? Yeah. It was amazing. It and so she now can change colleges and get the degree she wants and he's not going to waste any money and she's going to finish that degree what she did and all because of one assessment yeah it's 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 it is i feel like people maybe because it is like an abstract right like people don't see the value in it right away but it's like what you did with let, let's just say not even just just four but connect like you did it together right yeah. um um, but obviously with your expertise is like you, you pointed her in the right direction. Oh, and that's what we were talking about was schooling. That that's where I, that's where I got lost full circle. So glad we got back here. Okay. What, I, what I've been trying to figure out is because I feel, and I don't, I don't feel like a victim about it. I don't, Oh, here comes the justice thing now. This is hilarious. Um, I think that school just doesn't do what it's supposed to do. Like, at all so i think it's not fair <laughs> but, yeah, there you go but um but it's like if they were to dial into more things like this because i think i showed signs when i was younger of being a very outgoing person always connecting with people like and and then you know you put me in a calculus class and it was like freaking uh you know it was like nine one one or something it was crazy i was so bad at it so it was like very obvious signs, but I still somehow was directed by counselors to go to a college, okayed by the college, you know, to do accounting. Whereas I feel like somebody should be like, dude, you're nuts. Why would you do accounting? There's like freaking nothing to do with that. So would you, do you think that in some way, maybe this information could be formulated into schools? That well, absolutely. Yes. But uh, the problem with that is too much politics. Uh, okay. Right. No, I've already tried too much politics. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so sad. Yeah. Oh, man. I hope it changes, man, because it really would, it would save oh, yes. so many people, man. This stuff is so, it is more important than calculus. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I had a friend of mine who was a civil engineer and he took uh, calculus and plain geometry and, and calculus one, two, and three and all. And he was a genius when it came to math. Then he got a job as a civil engineer. He did add, he added, subtracted, multiplied, divide. That's all I did. That's all I did. <laughs> oh God. Um, all right, man. So look, I, um, 
I, I enjoyed this unbelievably. So tell, tell everybody where can they find you? I know you got two books on Amazon. I'm actually looking at them right now as we speak. Um, so where can the people find you if they want to stay connected with you? Well, you go to uh, johnvoris.com. Okay. And then you, on the bar, you click on the consultation. Uh, you can just explore uh, the entire site. Okay. Uh, if you want to be, have, a, have a consult or you uh, can purchase the books. Got it. Perfect, man. Th thank you again for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for the opportunity. Yes. Unite show is sponsored by AuthorsUnite.com, your one-stop shop for becoming a profitable author and maximizing your impact.